0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the latest, the official podcast of The Brock Press, where we take you beyond the headlines and do a deep dive into some of the many interesting articles written by our team this week. My name is Noah Nichol, I'm Editor-in-Chief of The Brock Press and host of The Latest. Today I'm joined as always by Holly Morrison, our managing editor, and one of our arts and entertainment editors, Asenia Lyle. How are you both doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm sleepy, but I'm good.
2: I'm doing good. I was just shoveling the driveway. So, feeling energized.
1: Very
0: fun. I was going to say, we're all probably a little tired from uh, dealing with snow. Regardless, it is a busy, tiring time. When there's lots of snow, it takes forever to do anything, forever to get anywhere. So, we're all just still feeling a little slower, but no one's sick. So, you know, there's always winds. And it, is, it does look nice. You know, it's like, It's not that gross. You know, In a a week from now, this snow will be really getting old, and it'll be all brown and gross on the side of the road. But for now, it's still very pretty and white, so it looks good. Uh, But anyways, first snowfall of the year, always nice, always good. And, uh, you know, with that, we're still cooped up inside, so we have some – another home edition of the podcast with some great articles to talk about and some great people to talk about with. So – With that, we will get right into it.
1: So, for one of my opinions this week, I wrote about the whole... It's like the latest online game trend craze. Um, People who know what it is will know what I'm talking about immediately. People who don't are going to be super confused. Uh, But I wrote about Wordle and how it's just good and fun and how I'm normally like kind of cynical, a little bit grumpy, Um, don't really care about online trends. Um, But I really enjoyed it, and what I also enjoyed about it um, was not just the game itself, which is a very fun little word game, um, but the fun that is just jumping on a trend bandwagon and just having fun. Um, And how, you know, even if you're cynical and a little grumpy like me sometimes, um, give it a shot. It's cool. It's fun. Um, Posting those little squares on Twitter uh, it's just a nice part of my day. (laughs) Um, so I guess I just wanted to ask both of you, um, have either of you played Wordle? Do you know what I'm talking about? So, I haven't played it, but I have
2: seen the little squares on your Twitter and on a bunch of other people's Twitters, and I was like, this seems like something I would like, and I assumed it was something you could download, like, at the App Store, and then I couldn't find it, and then I just gave up, and then your article came out, and I was like, ah, now I know what Wordle
1: is. Yeah, like, the I think part of the, like, beauty of Wordle is that it's not an app, and it's not, there are no ads on the website. It's, like, I think from, like, my understanding of the story is it's a game that a guy made up for his wife because she wanted to do a word puzzle every day, um, and then he just put it on the internet for everyone else. So there's no, like, official app or anything. It's just one puzzle every day, and you go to the website.
2: That's so cute, also, that story.
1: Yeah, everything about it just seems very wholesome. Um, so I enjoy. I
2: used to do the New York Times mini crossword puzzle every day, um, but you have to pay for a subscription. Um, so I stopped doing that.
1: Wordle is free. I'm going to get on that then. There this we go. Fun. What about you, Noah? Have you played Wordle?
0: No, uh, and I was very confused about it for a while too. I thought it was, I thought you could play the game on Twitter.
1: No, that's, like, because, like, because everyone tweets their results, I guess, but it's totally, like, separate.
0: I'm really glad you explained it, because I thought it was, like, some type of, like, I thought I was an idiot, because I thought it was some type of cryptic message I was supposed to figure out on Twitter by people sharing that. So that always made me angry about it, because I'd see it, (laughs) and I was like, I don't get, I don't understand this. I get that it says Wordle in it as, like, the number of the puzzle, so it made me assume that, like there was just something I wasn't clicking about it but your explanation of it was super helpful. Uh, I, I'm gonna probably try it because it is kind of up my alley as you know a former as the meme says a former gifted kid you know that's like right <laughs> up our alley that type of <laughs> that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, it does seem fun now that I get it and now that it's not going to well it's probably going to frustrate me in different ways now, but at least, I have a chance of actually getting it.
1: Yeah, it's a a shared frustration. And, like, I think what I found is, like, it is, like, difficult and it makes you think. But it's not, like, so difficult. Like, I've never not gotten one since I've started playing it. I've been playing it for, like, a week and a half. Um, Because, like, you get six tries um, and there's five letters each. And six tries and five letters is more letters than there are in the alphabet. And it, like, eliminates letters from the alphabet as you go. So, like, you're going to be able to get it by the sixth try most of the time. So there is usually the satisfaction in, like, having gotten
0: it. So is this guy's wife not very smart? Or what's the deal? <laughs> Why do we make it easy?
1: <laughs> I think it was just, like, a nice round number,
0: I nice. guess. Yes, it's, it's nice. It's all And, like, it's all some really of them nice. are harder than others. Mm. And that's just random by the day? With the yeah, like, they take
1: they pick it from, like, a database of, like, random five-letter words. Um, so today's was actually very hard. Um, and I got it in, I think, four tries. I don't mean to brag or anything. <laughs> uh, but some words are definitely harder than others. Um, like, some of them will have, like, an X in it. And you're like, where the heck does an X fit in this word? Um, and some of them are, like, pants. Pants.
0: You mentioned that it was sim. I can't remember what game you said it was similar to in your uh, article. but. The game that it made me think of after reading your explanation, and I can't remember the name of it, but help me out if you guys remember. There was that you'd have those little colored, like, pegs on a, and you'd have, like, four or five of them or something like that in a row, and one person would guess the color order of the pegs in one, like, five-row line, and then the other person would tell them how much of it they got correct. And so you then that person would say, okay, so like two of your pegs are in the right spot and they're the right color, but one of the pegs is the right color but you have it in the wrong spot.
2: Is it called you
0: guys Mastermind? That? Mastermind. Yeah, that's the game. I, I, think
2: the, I a, that. I also have a phone app version of that game
0: where you border. That would be fun. Anyway, yeah, it is. That is
1: this definitely like (laughs) bar probably like borrows inspiration from a bunch of other games you know i like it i just think it's fun i think it's cool the thing that i like about it a lot is um just like getting to like post your results on twitter and like you'll post your result on twitter and then one of my friends who also plays wordle will like shoot me a dm or a text that's just like oh my god you got it in four i didn't get it at all um or be like you got it in six i got it in two or we'll talk about like how the word was crazy hard or you know whether we cheated um and i just like that sort of element of like just that tiny little connection that sort of knowing what everyone's talking about Um, so i guess i just wanted to ask you guys what i guess makes like shared experiences like that So like enticing and maybe even like a little bit like addicting and just like it pulls you in, I guess.
2: Um, I've noticed like a lot of trends like that, especially during I know we don't want to talk about it. But during the pandemic, there have been a lot of like things where everyone's getting in on doing the same thing. And I think it's great. And the thing that frustrates me is when something goes out of style and then if you're still doing it, people will like judge you. Because it's like, oh, no one's making banana bread anymore. We're not doing that. That's not the thing. But it's like, well, the point of this was to do something to bring joy and have fun. And so the idea that fun can go out of style, like, frustrates me. But when those things do get into style and they're fun and wholesome and nice and bring people together, it's really great. And then there's always a sense of anxiety of when it's going to become, like, not fun anymore or not cool anymore. Like, um, Noodle's the pug. You know? I do know. Bones are no bones, dog. I found it, like, really early on and was like, oh, this is so cute. Like, I love it. And then it became something that everyone was talking about all the time to the point where it was a little bit annoying.
0: That's kind of what I envy about, like, older people. And I don't mean necessarily, like, old, like, middle-aged and older. Is that they have, they definitely lack, like, that's totally an internet culture thing that we've grown up with like the feeling guilty about liking something after you know people start making fun of it on twitter like all people lack that like awareness at all you know what i mean they're not engaged in that so they just kind of enjoy things forever
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of awesome (laughs) we'll like enjoy things for longer and then whereas like everyone in gen z is so on the internet and so connected I don't know. I don't think it's healthy.
1: Yeah, you like it's like this thing where, like, everyone, it's like the hipster thing of like, I want to like it before it's cool. Um, and then I also want to like hate it when it's not cool. Like, I want to hate it before it starts being too cool. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I really like Wordle, I think it's a fun word game. I could, like, see myself getting up every morning and doing the wordle of the day like people do their morning crossword. um but then like i don't know in two weeks is it going to be like cringe for me to post little squares on twitter who knows i think
2: 2022 is the year of embracing cringe because the part of you that cringes is the part that is like i don't know it's not productive
0: i think we've seen that though in other places too like particularly when I think of, like, TV shows and movies. Things that even, like, three or four years ago would have been just, like, completely gone under the radar and, like, would not have been interesting to people. I feel like a lot more of that type of just, like, cringe, vanilla, like, like happy for the sake of being happy in movies and TV has gotten popular again. I don't know if yeah. I'm the only one who's observed that, but...
2: Um, movies that... People didn't like are now coming back, like Twilight and The Amazing Spider-Man. People are embracing them for like what they are, which is like goofy, sort of romanticized movies that are kind of silly but fun. Whereas at the time they were like cringy and bad or whatever, but it was like, well, I liked the Amazing Spider-Man. I still like the Amazing Spider-Man.
1: You know, those weren't the cool Spider-Man movies to like. You were, you were like, you were kind of cool if you liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies a little bit, but no, you were definitely not, not awesome. cool if you liked Andrew Garfield Spider-Man.
2: Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is a villain, and I hate him. So this, I have like hot takes about Spider-Man.
0: I think the only reason that, ah, to get completely off the topic, even though we already are, but. Uh, I think the only reason those Spider-Man got kind of unfairly just like derided was because it wasn't part of like all those other Marvel movies, and that's what people wanted. Like they want they wanted Spider-Man in that. I'm thinking that's why it got like unfairly hated on because people just didn't like the fact that it was separate. But like, it's no, it's not really particularly worse than any other like middle-of-the-road superhero. Like, the, the yeah. fact, the hate that it got was certainly, like, unwarranted, I would Especially say. Especially
2: because there are so many, like, truly soulless superhero movies being turned out right now that people are just sort of fine with. And I'm like, that was $200 million. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, like, but... Um, Anyway, sorry.
1: <laughs> I got mm. lost what no, off, I traded No, I sometimes started about Marvel movies. But I think, <laughs> the like, you're right, though. Like, 2022 is the year of, like... I don't even think it's, like, the year of, like, saying no to cringe. Because people still are like, oh, my God, that's so cringe. That's still a thing that people do. Like, I have a 15-year-old brother. Teenagers are still very much into calling stuff cringe. But I also think it's, like, the year of, like, not seeing sincerity as, like, inherently embarrassing Like, those old Spider-Man movies, part of the reason that people didn't like them is because they were quite sincere. They were very, like, kind to Spider-Man. They had, like, a big moral message. There's, like, that scene where, like, I don't know, Spider-Man remembers to get the eggs for Aunt May. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that was so lame. But, like, looking back, that was, like, a really nice and sincere moment. And I think even with Wordle, like, just the idea of, like, sincerely enjoying something, that's, like, maybe a little bit new for people. Yeah.
2: I think that, like, wholesomeness is definitely, like, the takeaway from Wordle for me. That, like, embracing things that are nice.
1: It's nice to, like, take off the critical lens for a minute. Like, it's nice to just be like, Wordle is fun, and Spider-Man was a good time, and, you know, liking things and loving people is fine, and sincerity is okay. It's cool to like games, And I guess sort of, like, speaking about, like, Spider-Man and stuff and things that have, like, become cool again. I'm, like, I remember being in elementary school and, like, Flappy Bird was the cool thing for all the cool kids to like. Or, like, my mom still plays Candy Crush. Um, So, like, do you guys remember any of those, like, massive games? And, like, did you have any favorites? Um. I don't.
2: I didn't really play a lot of games on my phone as a kid. I didn't have a very good phone. Like, my phone was for texting my parents that I was coming home from school. But I play Solitaire every day now. I've been playing it every day for, like, a year and a half. And so that's, like, one of the games. That's, like, such an old man game. But I played it as a kid, and then I downloaded it because I got, like, an ad for it on Instagram or something. And I've just been playing it ever since because it's it's just nice.
1: Yeah, I think nice games. I was really big into, um, what was that? It was like the piano tiles game where it just got faster and faster and faster. Um, I thought that was fun for a while. Um, Yeah, got bored of it pretty quick, but it was still fun while I had it. I did play that one too.
2: It's fun.
0: That seems on brand for you, Holly, of someone who loves listening to absurdly fast music. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. That keeps you right up your alley. I think it might also be like the reason why I can type so fast. It <laughs> was because I played piano tiles incessantly when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the one, well, two I remember. I remember Flappy Bird because that was just insane for the, it was like up for a week or something like that. Right, I, rem- I remember that being like it got taken taken down like really quickly, and then people were selling their phones that had or like iPads and stuff like that that had it downloaded for like thousands of dollars. <laughs> I I don't know why that came back to me while we're talking about this, but I remember that. And then the other one was Pokemon Go was insane when that came out, and. I like not a fan of Pokemon myself, but even, even I had that for a little bit. Like I never I got,
1: everyone... I never got to never play person. Pokemon Go, even though it seemed like something that was like right up my alley. Because when it came out, I was in high school and like on my parents' phone plan, and I didn't have enough data on my phone to play Pokemon Go, and that's <laughs> still sad about that that I missed out on that renaissance.
2: I, like, got into Pokemon Go in my first year of university because there's a bunch of Pokestops, like, around the university. Um, and it was, like, great when I didn't know anyone and I was, like, sitting alone in dining halls because I could play Pokemon um, while I ate my dinner alone. Um, and then I got a new phone and so I stopped playing it. But it, it was, I, I think people still, like, there are some people who are still really into that one. But it's a, like a really tight community
0: now. Yeah, if you look out, like if you are looking for people, you can see them. Like you'll see a group of three or four people congregated on their phone in like a random patch of grass, like out in the field, just off of like in a park or something. And yeah,
1: there's a parking you know, the parents' house,
2: and there's always people playing there. They're not right,
0: even even still, and it's weird. They, but Uh, I mean, before, that was literally, like, everyone walking down the street was had it. that summer it came out. I remember that. That was crazy.
2: There's a bunch of British comedians who play it while they're on tour. And then they, like, exchange Pokemon from all the different places they've gone, which I think is funny.
1: I think that feels like, that's, like, one of the ideal careers to have if you're really into Pokemon Go, is, like, just anybody who goes to a lot of places
0: of you know, like a game like that because they had rare ones based on like actual literal geography so like for most of us it's like well i got all the ones in like uh, like 50 kilometer vicinity if that of, you know my house in my city but like yeah a job like being a stand-up seems pretty perfect for something like that just for like like a globe trotting like collecting them all type thing
1: yeah And then I guess another one that I just remembered is, like, it's a more recent trend, um, and it's definitely one that people will be like, oh my god, that's cringe. I play Fortnite, and I think it's very fun. I play with my little brother, who's 15, who is definitely the target demographic for Fortnite, but I'll also, like, play on my own. And it's just, like, a fun little point-and-shoot, like, battle royale-style thing, and it's quick, and it's fun, and it's easy, and it's just a little video game. Um, and I think Fortnite is one of those games that is fun, even if people are like, oh, my God, how lame.
2: I guess Animal Crossing is sort of like that, too. Like, now it was really, really big when it came out, and now it's, like, only the people who are seriously into it who still sort of talk about it. But I love Animal Crossing.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan. But I've also been a huge fan since it was... The GameCube game, which was the first one, I, loved I Actually, the game. Yeah. <laughs> I learned how to. I actually learned how to read and write playing that game. Not even joking. That's, like that's kindergarten, I, I was kindergarten age, and like I had my finger up. Well, that's also what gave me glasses because I was right up to the TV with my finger on it, and like follow. You know the you know how you put your finger on like below the word to like you know follow it along so you can. So you can read it out. So like that was me playing Animal Crossing when I was like three years old.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's really cute. Um, I played the GameCube one like probably at the same time as you um, were-ish. Like I was like four or five because my grandparents had a GameCube and Animal Crossing was one of the games that they had for it. And I just really liked it. I haven't actually haven't played the new one. Um, Because I just, I don't have a Switch, and I don't really want to get a Switch. Um, I have other game consoles that have more games that I want to play. But yeah, it's still cute and seems like a good time. I don't have a Switch. I just, I
2: was playing on someone else's for a while, but now I'll just go to my friend's islands and do little makeovers for them (laughs) of their, like, house. Um, Because I'm really good at Animal Crossing interior design.
1: (laughs) What a skill to have.
0: Uh, It is very serious, Holly. If you look that up on Instagram, there are some insane interior design, like jobs that people have done on these fake houses. It's absolutely
1: insane how crazy some of them look. I love that, though. That sounds incredible. Very fun.
2: Mine's probably a little more basic than that. I just, like, help my friends who have no sense of where to put stuff, like, be like, okay, let's make this room, like, a theme or whatever. Um, but I, uh, when I played um, on my friend's Switch, I got his house to S tier and his island to five stars. So that was pretty sick. I'm very proud of it.
1: I think that's like true friendship right there.
0: So this week I wrote my uh, feature piece all about virtual reality. Uh, a little bit about where it started, where it's at right now, and then also where it seems to be going in the not so distant future as well as some of the pros and cons of it becoming kind of more mainstream and kind of getting used uh, more often by more people. Uh, My article touches on a lot of different things. You know, I look at fully immersive workspaces, I look at virtual real estate, which we will definitely talk about, Um, but be sure to check it out at our uh, website. So with that, let's get into it. I'm curious if either of you have actually tried uh, VR before.
2: I have not. I'm not really, like, a technology person. So it's just never something that I've come across.
1: Yeah, I am also not a super big technology person. Um, I also get super motion sick um, really easily from video games. Like, I can't even play, like, Minecraft. (laughs) It makes me nauseous. So VR, um, I just know that if I did anything VR, it would not be pretty um, for anybody in that space.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, I am actually quite techy, but like haven't really come across it either. i uh, just kind of in the wild. Like none of my friends have ever had it. I've never like, like I've thought about getting it, but it's never been really in my face to get it. But I guess it's getting pretty huge is what I learned from researching this uh, piece it's like selling a lot of those headsets so someone's using it Um, so uh, Holly it definitely doesn't interest you obviously Uh, I'm definitely interested (laughs) I'm definitely interested to try it but uh, Asenia what about you does it is there any like intrigue to
2: it? I think if one of my friends was like hey do you want to try this I'd be like sure why not but it's not one of those things that i would like go out of my way to do um and then the whole idea of like virtual reality social media seems absolutely horrifying to me um it's like straight out of a science fiction novel like hank green wrote a science (laughs) fiction novel about this where the villain does that
1: um So I was reading your feature, and I was like, oh my god, like, there was, I don't um, know. It also reminded me, it was, I think it was a science fiction short story that I read a while ago, but it was basically, like, in a not-too-distant future where virtual reality is normal, there are these weird people who um, basically get motion sickness, and so they can't engage with reality, and so they all have to, like, read books and watch old DVDs and I was reading your feature and i that's what I was thinking about and I was like, oh my god, that's going to be me because I get motion sick. I can't be on virtual reality Facebook. I mean, I don't Wait, even want to be on real Facebook. That's true.
2: I want to go live in a cabin in the woods somewhere with no internet.
0: But When the rest of the world is inevitably like hooked up or whatever you want to call it, then uh holly you and elon musk can talk about all the world's problems together (laughs) (laughs) he is your only ally in the tech world how does that make you feel
1: (laughs) i feel so great about it i just i love him so much this is sarcasm um i have so i have so many beefs with elon musk it's not even funny i have petty beef, I have beef related to race cars with him, I have beef related to batteries with him, and the one thing I agree with this guy about is that VR is weird and isn't the future.
2: Um, at least you guys would have a lot to talk about. That's true. <laughs> Argue about sorry, but you know.
0: You can officially say you have a, a Venn diagram with Elon Musk, right? Now you have... There's at least one confirmed point of agreement between you two. <laughs> there's some common ground.
1: <laughs> now I just have to date Grimes and then we can have two things to talk about. <laughs> uh,
0: so as I kind of alluded to, and as the article talks about um, a good amount, there's a lot of people, save for Elon, uh, in his but people in his orbit that are, uh, no pun intended, Uh I wish I did intend it. That was kind of fun. <laughs> but others, like him, uh, Bill Gates being the example I kind of talk about a little bit in the article, uh, you know, there's a lot of thinking that this is going to become a much bigger thing than just like a gimmicky kind of video game tool or whatever, or like it used in the kind of the practical professional settings I mentioned off the top of my article. Uh, but people think it's going to become More, really, more kind of embedded and more mainstream. Uh, Bill Gates's example was virtual workspaces. Now, you know, he sees a future not too far off where you know you have your meetings being done in this space. So, I'm just curious if if either of you see that as kind of possible, or I mean, at all likely, or anything in between.
1: Um, I think it's an insane proposal. I don't think that it, um, at least in the near future, I can't see it happening. Because, like, for that to happen, first, a whole bunch of people have to have those, like, headset things. Um, and that's not a thing that a lot of people have unless they're, like, super into, like, niche and intense video games. Um, so, like, one, not everyone has that headset thing. And they're, like, still pretty expensive, um, I know that you can get, like, the cheaper ones, like the, like, Google Cardboard thing or, like, that kind of stuff, but it's still, like, it's a chunk of change and, like, to to have people do that just to, like, hop onto, like, a VR Zoom meeting just feels weird and, like, just, it's too, it's, like, too much. It doesn't need to happen. Um, so, like, I can't see them wanting to do that unless, like, something were to, like, dramatically change.
2: Yeah, I could see that happening, like, much farther down the road. But what this made me think of was, um, I went to a conference in the summer about, uh, the future of digital theater. And I looked at a demonstration of VR theater production. And that actually seems like that is not too far away. Like there, there's a company that's working on an opera that you interact with in VR. So it's sort of like a video game, except the actors are in motion capture suits performing live, which is weird. But um, I, I do see like VR becoming incorporated into the virtual theater workspace because I I have seen that that is something that people are working on.
0: That would be really interesting and also hilarious to see the time when it inevitably, you know, one guy's arm is just like glitching out and like, you know, going in circles or something, you know, like inevitably something would go wrong. It would just be funny in like the middle of a very serious, you know, like a very serious play. And then (laughs) Some guy's legs are just like behind his head or something, just like glitching in and out. (laughs) Uh, But I just looked up VR headsets, and there's some that are expensive, but pretty much all of them are like already sub $200, which I get is still a lot of money. But like there's one here that's $17. Um, Like you mentioned, the cardboard ones, I mean, they technically do most of it like have most of the same functionality so long as like you have like like it's usually using like, a phone for example so so long as you have a really powerful phone you know i i think talking about like the attachment rate like you mentioned holly like the number of people that have one are willing to get one i i kind of see it in the same way as i thought about like those home assistants like I didn't didn't understand that at all and I still don't like I don't have one or have any desire to get one but like at first I really did not understand them like people have speakers their phones have those virtual assistants already built in it's like what is the market here I didn't really understand them but then they start like for years like Amazon's been basically giving them away for free right like it's pretty easy to get them you spend like Fifty bucks at a store like Best Buy or even like Walmart sometimes, and they're like, you know, you spend this much at this time of the year, and we'll all throw in a free, like, whatever one of those brands of those. So it's like, I can, if the price is already this low, I can see, like, I can see VR in the same vein as I see those. Like, I can see the attachment just kind of. It doesn't seem that far off to me that they can they could be in more households than like we see now, and it could happen pretty quickly, but. I'm curious what you guys think of
2: that. For, for me, the thing is, I just don't understand the point of doing, like, a VR office, because it feels like just a worse version of, like, working from home and then doing your meetings either over the phone or on Zoom. Like, I know a lot of people who work from home, and, like, you can't really do any physical work on a project over VR, so it would just be, like, a really immersive Zoom call and so even if the technology were available, like I don't see how it would actually help people get stuff done, I guess. But maybe that's just me, because I haven't done VR and I don't know a lot about it. It just doesn't seem practical. It seems like something that someone like Bill Gates, who doesn't actually have like an office job, would be like, Oh, this is this is totally gonna happen and it's like, Yeah, when's the last time you worked in an office, Bill? You
1: know? Yeah. Like, and people are, like, and it'll, like, I don't know, because, like, people are talking about it in, I guess, relation to, like, isolation and, like, the pandemic. And they're, like, yeah, and, like, it'll make it so that, like, people can, like, fulfill their social needs and stuff. And I can't see VR doing a better job than, like, a phone call or a Zoom call to make me feel like I'm socializing. Like, seeing someone's little avatar isn't going to make me, like, feel like, I'm interfacing with them any more than, like, I would if I was visiting someone's house in Animal Crossing and I saw their character, or or then I am right now on, like, a team's call with you guys. Um, yeah, I just, I can't see it being that useful.
0: The couple research papers I saw while researching this article, um, honestly did speak to the contrary on that. Like, they did actually say that people reported feeling more connected. Uh, I can't say, I've again, I've never tried VR and I only did, like I didn't do this, come into this article as like someone who is a fan with like my own kind of built-in bias for that. But that is something I did see like a lot of in researching. When I was trying to look at like mental health effects and health effects and it consistently was telling me all these positive things, which just kind of surprised me. But I think as a replacement for those forms, it might be better, maybe. I don't know. I've never tried it, but I guess I'll defer to, you know, the, the research on it. Sure, it does, I guess. But I think the issue is, like, that, the line between, you know, replacing calls like this, like, that we're doing, or, like, a video call or whatever, replacing those versus, like, eating into actual you know, the, the time you would spend actually interacting with people in person. And I feel like that's an, it's easy for it to, like, bleed into that, I feel like. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think, like, one thing that, like, I really, I guess sort of, like, dislike about the idea of having, like, VR, like, social medias and, like, workspaces is, like, I guess it, like, gives people the ability and, like, not just people, but also, like, institutions and, like, corporations and, like, your bosses and that kind of stuff. Just, like, the ability to, like, neglect real life. Like, who needs a real office space? If we have a virtual office space, why would we pay for that? And, like, that kind of thing. Um, I just, I don't enjoy that. It feels very, um... I don't it feels very kind of, like... The criticism that people have with, like, Elon Musk trying to go to Mars when there are, like, wildfires on Earth. Like, why wh- why do you want to hang out in a virtual office when you have a real office? And, like, why do we want to expand the virtual world when there are a lot of, like, problems and stuff to solve in the real one? Um, I don't know. That's kind of what it boils down for me with my, like... I have a distaste for it that certainly um, has to do with the fact that I will get motion sick. Um, but definitely also has to do with just the way it feels. It kind of feels icky.
0: The reason, Holly, that you would want a virtual office instead of a real one is because the price of virtual real estate is only going up. (laughs) Which brings me to my last point. My favorite part of my article was the middle where I just kind of completely veered off From what I was talking about, and talked about virtual real estate, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And it was really fun to look more into that. So I'm just curious, uh, both of your thoughts on virtual real estate.
1: I mean, I play The Sims. I like The Sims. I have a lot on The Sims. It's fun to build in The Sims. It's not real life, though, and I'm not spending real money on it, um, which I think is an insane proposition. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think everything about like modern reality is just a little bit too virtual and a little bit too digitized. Because it's like, ultimately, what we're doing on our computers, it's not what human beings evolved to be doing. It's not healthy. And we do it because it's it's useful for various tasks. But I don't think it's any way to live. And then also, like, the virtual real estate is... Um, the same sort of idea from the Hank Green novel I was talking about earlier, where I was like, oh, this is this is um, fantasy, like science fiction, speculative fiction villain behavior. This is not good for the world.
1: Yeah, that is one of my favorite novels. I have the second one on my bookshelf, that I haven't started reading it and still need to. Um, but anyway, yeah, it just doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like a way to live. Like, I do a lot of my work on my laptop. I am on my computer a lot of the time. But, like, when I, like, look around my bedroom, my laptop is, like, it takes up a teeny tiny corner of it. And it's not my entire life. And I certainly wouldn't want to, like, have to, I don't know, log on to something or put on a VR headset to, like, hang out on my virtual beach. And then there's, like, the thing of, like, if you're buying virtual real estate... What about like real life real estate? Like, it's not an alternative. You still have to have somewhere to live and like eat and sleep. And like, presumably keep your VR headset and like pay for Wi Fi. So like, I guess what's the point?
0: Uh, the point is living next to virtual Snoop Dogg for $500,000, obviously.
1: Well, <laughs> why would Snoop
2: Dogg even go on the VR if he just has to hang out with some rich guy who bought virtual land beside him? Like, Snoop Dogg probably bought that land, but he's not going to go on there to hang out with some
1: stranger. Yeah, he might go on for, like, I don't know, like an hour at the beginning just to be like, I'm Snoop Dogg, what's up with this thing?
2: But, he's like, like nice other, other than that...
1: It's boring, Goodbye. Yeah, because he's Snoop Dogg. He is, Snoop Dogg His doesn't want to real him. reality is cool. Yeah.
0: I'm, ass- I'm assuming my guess, and I, I'm not conf- this is not confirmed, I don't actually know this, but my guess is that um, Snoop Dogg, or a representative of his, bought up a lot of virtual <laughs> real estate and is selling off parcels of it to, you know, unsuspecting insane people who have uh, half a million dollars to waste. To say that they live next to him in a virtual world—that's my—that is my best guess at that situation.
2: It reminded me of back in like the 2010s, you could pay to play Minecraft with Hank Green and like get a plot of Minecraft land on Hank Green's server. And I'm sure other celebrities did this, but um, that's just like the only one that I knew about. At the time. And I, it just made me think of that. Where it's like. I guess I get it. For Minecraft. Because you get to play a game with someone. But I don't really know what people do. On virtual reality land. Real estate. That's all.
1: Yeah it doesn't seem like there's like. Because it's not it's not a game. It's just like your little avatar. Walking around and doing stuff. And I don't know. You could play like virtual catch or kick around a virtual ball um I don't
2: know
1: I don't know what it is I guess like to me it all feels very much like the virtual reality stuff and the buying of like virtual real estate and even like to an extent like Haytham's written a couple articles about like NFTs and like that kind of stuff it all feels very much like you know how like Those commercials that are like, what's the Christmas present you get for the person who has everything? Buy them a star! Or, like, buy them a plot of land, and they'll technically become a lord! It feels very much like that to me. It's like you have a piece of paper that says that you own a star, but you can't go to the star... And also, you have no proof that they didn't sell that star to someone else. And also, who gave them authority to sell that star? And also, if this company goes under and their list of who owns what star goes away, then nobody owns the stars anymore. It feels like that, where it's Mm -hmm. just, like, throwing money at kind of nothing.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot like that. Like, the idea of owning something is something people are, like, obsessed with when you can't, I don't know fill yourself buying material stuff that doesn't really matter either. Consumerism.
1: And, like, I'm, like, I'm not necessarily against, like, dropping crazy amounts of money if you have it on stuff. Um, but, like, I don't know, couldn't that $500,000 be spent going to an insane amount of Snoop Dogg concerts? You could spend $500,000 probably to meet Snoop Dogg in some capacity. Um, in the real world? yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could probably get like a pretty nice house somewhere around where near Snoop Dogg lives. Um, Presumably if you have $500,000, you've got quite a bit of money. You could you could do a lot just, I think, cooler, more useful stuff. Donate it to charity.
2: Like make the world a better place. The real world, not the virtual one. Um, have you guys heard about there was an auction where they were selling like a really old copy of Dune? Oh yeah, yeah. And like some NFT guys bid on it because they thought it was the rights to Dune, but it was just like a really antique copy of the book. Because the older copies of Dune they are worth like a lot of money and people really like them because the new edition is really cumbersome and awkward because the font is too big i have thoughts about this but anyway i thought that was hilarious because it's like people obsessed with owning stuff and so they ended up buying something that like it is a collector's item it has like value to people but it is one of those things where it's like we decide it has value because it is one of a kind or whatever it's not the rights to dune you can't actually like use it to make a dune animated series which is what they wanted to
1: do yeah, it's just like a very like strange obsession with just like ownership of stuff. And it's like, I want to own all of these things. And it's like do you do you need to own the internet?
2: Yeah, and I think it's it's because you know with consumers and we grow up with this idea of like if you have stuff, your life will have meaning and you are what you own. But obviously, that is
1: not a good way to live. Especially when, like, the stuff that you own now, I don't know, if you spill, like, tea on your VR headset, where'd your island go?
2: Any thoughts on that, Noah?
1: Yeah, when are you going to start investing in virtual reality real estate?
2: If you could buy an island next to anyone in virtual reality, (laughs) who would it be?
0: (laughs) But only virtual, not a real island. Yeah. Oh, cute that's hard i don't like anyone who's like i definitely don't celebrity worship in that way but i don't like anyone that's on it enough to like be a part of that you know what i mean like most of the people i admire i guess as celebrities are like quite a bit older and i just know that they're not they would never be into that or like a part of that it just would not work
2: i feel like abba would (laughs) <laughs> they're going they're on tour with like VR holidays.
0: people or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm good. I'll, I'll invest in a secluded virtual island to be by myself. And that does it for another uh, lighter episode of the latest. <laughs> uh, thanks Holly and Asenia, for joining me to talk about these fun articles today. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Remember that you can find the full articles we talked about today and many, many more by going to our website, www.brockpress.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at The Brack Press. On top of following us on social media, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Just be sure to look at the latest The Brock Press Podcast, and you should find us. Uh, with no issues. You can also find the podcast on our YouTube channel and on our website. With all that said, thanks again, and we will see you next time for another episode.